Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by Elizabeth Gianuzzi, founder of Siren Snacks. After graduating from the Stanford Graduate School of Business, Elizabeth decided to start Siren Snacks, a plant-based, gluten-free, high-protein snack offering. The core product breaks down the conventional protein bar into pea protein-based bites and an interesting variety of flavors, including dark chocolate, chocolate chip cookie dough, birthday cake, and my personal favorite, lemon poppy seed. The portfolio also includes energy bites, rest and relaxation bites, and recently launched keto bites. Elizabeth, welcome to Subscribing to Wellness. Thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Could you just maybe start by giving our listeners a little sense as to what Siren Snacks is as a company and kind of what the portfolio looks like today? Sure. So we think of Siren as a functional snack company, meaning we make bite-sized portable snacks that are all packed with different types of functional benefits. So that may be protein, energy, or rest and relaxation, but everything we do really is focused on that convenience and clean ingredients, but also sort of adding some benefit to aid in, you know, different parts of your day. Nice. And just to kind of like visualize, given I obviously we're not on video for our listeners, is it similar to the idea of like, you know, when you walk into a juice press or like a smoothie shop and they have those like circular kind of like protein or energy balls, is it something kind of similar to that, but obviously in terms of like nutrients and ingredient quality, like 10x better, or is, is that kind of the idea of the product? It's definitely similar to those. We definitely, you know, when we made the recipes, wanted to capture that homemade look, taste and feel and quality ingredients in a product that, you know, you can buy in your grocery store, but they look like little round bites and they actually are like truly a a single bite as well um, versus some balls you might find in a juice bar, actually kind of like a bigger, you know, few bite ball. And so you you graduated from the Stanford GSB a few years back and, and kind of went into this business at full throttle. Like, what was the motivation? Where did the idea kind of circulate from? Why this category? Sure. So the idea and inspiration sort of evolved over several years, um, but it kind of first stemmed from my interest in food and nutrition that uh, came about through some health and autoimmune challenges. I was working at Goldman Sachs on the investment banking division, so was not living the the healthiest lifestyle, you know, not focused at all on nutrition or what I was eating. And, you know, unfortunately during that time, I developed an autoimmune condition called dermatomyositis. And for me, that was sort of what got me interested in, in food. You know, after that diagnosis started to look at nutrition and my diet and how I could potentially use that as a tool to help manage my symptoms and really just the eye-opening to see after I made a number of changes in you know my diet and lifestyle of how much better I was feeling and how I was able to get my symptoms and flare-ups under control. So that sort of sparked the the initial interest in food, but then sort of what led me to siren from there was more, you know, switching to a plant-based diet, which worked really well for my body, but I found it hard after making that switch to get enough protein. I was definitely like in my banking days would eat, you know, quest bars and all of the the protein bars to kind of keep me going. And so once I cut out a lot of the dairy or egg-based proteins, you know, was only left with a handful of options and I couldn't find a protein bar snack that was plant-based, you know, very whole food ingredients and actually tasted good. And so that inspired me to think about, you know, 
possible solutions and actually was making my own protein bars and bites when I was in business school. And from there really sparked the idea that, you know, there was nothing like what, what we were creating and, you know, let's, let's actually see if there's other people out there who feel the same way. So we kind of started small selling them in some local markets and in the the cafe at our business school. And, you know, it was quickly a a top seller um, and a product that people really loved. Yeah. I love the personal health story, like angle. I think that always fuels the mission and some of the most authentic and powerful brands I feel like are driven by those founders who really like overcome kind of a personal health condition through the product that they're creating. So love that story. And so you were saying you were kind of doing the investment banking grind. You made, you made a, a kind of a mention about how getting the product uh, on shelves within the GSB. Are you really focused on food service as part of your channel mix, given those kind of past experiences? Are you really focused on keeping the brand digitally native for a while with some food service? Or are you already kind of expanding into big retailers like a Whole Foods? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we from the beginning really wanted to be Omnichannel, and part of that was because when we started, we just we weren't sure what channel would be best for us. So we kind of like tested all of them to see where the traction was, and kind of then leaned into the ones that were working better than others. So food service, actually, in our first like two years, this was pre-COVID, was a huge percentage of our overall sales and business. Some months we'd have that be you know as much as like fifty percent of the sales coming in. So it was you know, all the big tech companies like Google, Facebook, Snap, and, you know, some colleges and universities as well. I would say now with a lot of offices closed, that's a much smaller percent of the business. Um, We hope it will come back soon. But the other one that we, you know, tested and worked really well initially was retail and grocery. We started with local Bay Area natural grocery markets and found that buyers were eager to bring in something that was different from all the other bars in the, in the set. We like our products to live in the bar category. So um, that's another one we, we leaned into as well um, early on. We also sell our products online and that has kind of steadily grown proportionally to the business. But I also think that's an area where we can continue to, to grow when you're planning to, you know, make our first hire on the e-commerce side and put more resources towards online later this year. So I would say majority retail and food service, but online has sort of steadily grown as well. Well, congratulations on the hire, the upcoming hire. That's obviously exciting and means D2C growth is definitely occurring. I want you started to dig into a little bit how you adopted this plant-based lifestyle. So obviously Siren Snacks are a plant-based snack. Could you kind of talk through the main ingredients and the functional benefits of why you chose to go with a pea protein versus a soy or a whey or another isolate? Yeah, totally. I think what was most important to us first, we realized is if we wanted to get people to try and then buy it again, it had to taste really great. And so our actually proteins we've used have evolved over time. Um, We now use a blend of pea and almond protein. And so we liked, you know, we picked those two one because combining them, you actually get a complete protein. So you get kind of all the the full amino acid profile that, you know, someone might get in a traditional animal-based protein. So so that was important to us um, to have a complete protein. And I think pea, which is our primary protein source, um, we liked the sustainability of pea. You know, it has a very low carbon footprint relative to, you know, whey or or animal-based proteins. And we also found it to be more neutral tasting. We decided to stay away from soy primarily because a lot of soy tends to be genetically modified. You can get some non-GMO soy out there, but we felt like, you know, just 
just given also the perception that many people now view soy as GMO, whether or not, you know, it is, um, we felt like pea was just a a cleaner and uh, kind of better option. Um, and I think for me personally, and with my sister as well, we always think about what, what we as consumers would, would want to see. And I always tend to prefer, um, you know, pea protein based product over soy. So makes total sense. Yeah. So the current product lineup, you have your, your new keto bites, the protein bites, energy, the rest and relaxation ones as well. Can you mm-hmm. talk about like the differentiation in these different subsets and what ingredients kind of stand out to make, you know, it an energy bite versus a protein bite? Yeah. So across them all, the form factor is the same, you know, they're all little bites in a single serve pouch, but it's more about sort of specific ingredients that we include in each of them. So obviously, you know, the protein we're adding in protein isolates, like the pea and almond protein, you know, in the energy bite line, for example, we, we don't add in the extra proteins. Um, but what we do add is, um, ingredients like organic coffee beans, um, for our mocha chip flavor, or, you know, the matcha flavor uses green tea. We've got a chai flavor that uses black tea as an ingredient. And so those are actually adding a little bit of caffeine coming from the ingredients versus sort of a, you know, extracted caffeine. And then uh, energy bite line, we also actually incorporate lion's mane, um, which is an adaptogen known for sort of mental clarity and a, and a bit of an energy boost as well. And so we add, you know, a, an amount of that, that, you know, you can actually, we think, you know, notice the, the impact of it. And that's, that's meaningful as well. The keto line is our first sort of very low sugar product line. So those are actually filled with sort of nut butter on the inside and then uh, a more of a, a doughy shell on the outside, two to three grams of sugar and five net carbs. We really created that out of kind of customer requests. We found that a lot of people are now looking for more like clean keto. I think there's a lot of keto products out there that like the ingredients are actually like kind of junk and just not actually good for you, even though they may be low net carbs. So we wanted to create something different that was actually still like held up to our ingredient standards of really simple whole food ingredients, um, but doing it with, you know, that, that low sugar, um, aspect and then restaurant relaxation, um, the final line, um, those are made with hemp derived CBD. Similarly to, we, we thought, you know, we're looking at the CBD space a while back and found that there's a lot of like gummies, uh, which often have, you know, gelatin or artificial colorings and things like that. And then there's tinctures and beverages, but the ability to you know, pop, like instead of a gummy, taking a bite that's made with, you know, dates and coconut flour and simple ingredients, uh, just seems like a, a great healthier alternative. And so that line has also been, been quite popular, um, especially with, you know, I think everyone being so stressed these days, uh, with COVID and everything else happening. Totally. I love that you're so function driven. Uh, Daniel and I talk about this all the time and we think so much success in consumer brands lies in, you know, leading with that function element. So as a consumer, I know that when I'm going to have like a rest and relaxation siren bite, like I'm going to feel relaxed because there's CBD and there's an added benefit in there. So I think that's just super, super powerful. How'd you land on such a unique portfolio of flavors? I mean, you have birthday cake and lemon poppy seed and a lot of flavors that you don't typically see in a bar. Birthday cake is becoming more and more popular these days as we're seeing it pop up. But can you kind of talk through that a little bit? I just just want to interrupt really quick and shamelessly say that lemon poppy seed is an incredible flavor that I have rarely ever seen in snacking. And 
I've tried every single flavor in the protein bite portfolio within Siren and lemon poppy seed is absolutely incredible, Rachel. So you got to, I don't know if you've tried chocolate chip already and, and like the others, but that one is really special. I love that flavor. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's that's my favorite too. I think I've mentioned and that's often one where once people like really try them all, they they tend to gravitate towards that. But it's not necessarily the one where if you're looking on the shelf and you haven't tried it, right. a lot of people would get like the chocolate chip cookie or brownie. But it's almost like it's like I can't even describe it. it. It reminds me of cookie dough, but in a weird way in lemon form, which like sounds gross when you think about it, like that way but it, i don't know there's something that's amazing about it it's like it's so oh, good thank you but yeah in terms of the flavor selection we our goal has always been to build like a mainstream brand that we think can sell you know not just in like natural and specialty stores but bigger retailers and have appeal to the broadest group of customers and what we found from you know both like surveying friends and early customers and as well as like the sales data was showing that like the top flavors always tended to be like the more indulgent ones. We even looked at some, you know, like early on, like spins or sales data for the category to see like what flavors of the different bars, like on a C level were the most popular. And it always tended to be like chocolate or like chocolate peanut butter or those like sweeter indulgent flavors. And so we kind of went stuck with that. And we've, We've had a few flavors um, that uh, we don't make anymore. And I think it's because they were like a little bit more, just less, less mainstream. You know, like we had a golden milk energy bite flavor that used turmeric and coconut. And while a lot of people loved it, um, I just think at least not yet, we're hoping, you know, maybe we'll bring it back one day, but like golden milk and turmeric is just not as kind of mainstream well-known as like mocha chip. Um something like that. So yeah, people just love the the sweeter flavors. So that's what we try to create. Thanks a lot for sharing that. And I think, uh, I think we've talked a lot about the actual product is, is I just want to ask a few more questions before we go to our rapid fire section. I think this space is interesting. Like I can't think of that many brands that are doing kind of bites in this form commercially, but how do you think through like the competitive landscape? Is it basically offering a healthier, cleaner alternative to a protein bar? Or are you going head to head, you feel like with some scaled competitors and kind of different sub-segments? Or how do you think through that kind of landscape? Mm-hmm. I like to think of it as almost like a, a Venn diagram where like on one side you have the protein bar and then the other side is like cookies, you know, Oreos and sort of siren lives like somewhere in the middle there where we are bringing in, you know, converting customers who are buying Siren and eating that instead of a, another protein bar. But also a lot of people are like trading in their, you know, cookies, brownies, sweeter dessert type foods or like snacks uh, for, for Siren as like a healthier option. That's also, you know, not just a snack, but like kind of giving them that functional benefit as well that, that we talked about. So um, it's sort of like a hybrid um, that lives, I would say, in between those two categories. You know, we live in the in the bar aisle, and so our primary competitors are protein bars and and protein cookies. But you know, I do think we'd see from just what we hear from our customers who some people are trading out kind of just more indulgent snacks for for siren instead. Awesome answer. There's so much variety, I feel like, with this portfolio and that what you just mentioned, right? Like an indulgence occasion versus just a snacking occasion versus even a breakfast occasion, right? Like these are great to like start your day. 
think you're covering such an array of both occasions, but then also needs through the functional benefits that you have across the portfolio. So it's incredibly strong. Um, last kind of question for you. What do you see next for Siren? Are you focused on kind of continuing in this bite-sized form with different functions? Like you've covered energy, you've covered restaurant relaxation, you've covered protein. Is it about continuing to think about what consumers want from like a function perspective? Is it about going into a different format under the Siren brand name and using the equity you've built? Or what do you see kind of for the future? Yeah. So I think what our plan is for, you know, look, as we're starting to plan our 2022 we we are happy with the portfolio we have in terms of like the different lines of functional snacks. One thing we're excited to dip our toes in more is doing kind of more online only like seasonal limited edition brand collab flavors that, you know, maybe we'll just make a small batch of them and have them available for a month or so um, at different times throughout the year. And then based on that, you know, if we see one flavor or, you know, one collab really taking off, that's something we could obviously offer up to our retail customers as well. But we right now kind of like the the lineup that we've got. I see kind of long-term though, I, we definitely want the brand to expand beyond the, the bites category and go into other areas of the grocery store. I think we'll, we'll stay within the, you know, our brand values and guardrails will remain, you know, clean label, plant-based, shelf-stable, uh, convenient on the go. Um, but some of the categories we're looking at right now are breakfast aisle, um, kind of granolas, um, and other, other, you know, items in that kind of pantry items. So definitely hope to expand and really build a brand that lives in, in different categories as well. Makes total sense. We'd love to transition to our favorite section of the podcast, which is our rapid fire, where we will ask you a series of random questions and just throw out us whatever comes to mind first. No pressure. I'll start. And um, your favorite Bay Area restaurant? I would say so. I um, I moved to Sonoma about two years ago. I think I you know could still consider that Bay Area, but I love. Um, there's a restaurant in town called Valley that we go to a lot, and so that's that's one of my favorite local spots right now. I love Girl in the Fig. Yeah, that's that's another good love one. That place. Yeah. Guilty pleasure. I would say chocolate and sweets. I, I definitely have a sweet tooth. So, um, yeah, I also love in terms of like guilty pleasure. I love planning like vacations or trips in the future. So, uh, you know, I'll get lost, like planning, you know, something, some place I'd love to go in the future or um, a trip. Love that. Go to breakfast. It varies. And I, I kind of go through like month or so phases of breakfast. Um, my current one I'm, I've been doing, uh, avocado toast. Susie's makes a really good, um, vegan grain-free, uh, bread. And so I've been toasting that with avocado on top. Love it. I have avocado toast probably three or four times a week, so I can definitely relate. Biggest mistake you've made so far as a founder. I think that's a, just, we've made, you know, many mistakes along the way. It's hard to, to pinpoint like what the, the biggest one is, but probably the one that comes to mind is, you know, some early hires, you know, within our first year of business that just, you know, weren't a good fit culturally. I don't think at the time we'd spent enough time kind of really getting to know them. And so, you know, ended up having to let some, some really people go who, who were not a good fit. I'd say the other 
you know, I always like to look at mistakes as learnings, but when we first launched, I think we didn't understand the process of how like the right equipment and how to scale um, production as we grew. So that led to a lot of kind of bumps along the way of figuring out best manufacturing processes to help make our products um, more efficiently at scale. Totally. Favorite snack outside of Siren? I love, always love like popcorn. And I also really like like popped water lily seeds. Um, I'm friends with the Tali founders. So I, I have their products a lot. Also just like hummus and crackers. There's always a good one. Favorite hobby. That's our last question for you. Then you're off the hot seat. So I'm, you know, outside of work, I am, I'm also a sommelier and, you know, before starting Siren briefly worked, um, in the wine industry at a winery. So, um, I love kind of living up in wine country, just getting to explore different wineries here. Yeah. That is so it. cool that you're a sommelier. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, I had some time in between leaving my job at in banking and starting business school. Um, so decided to, to use that to, to study and, you know, take the exams to, to become a SOM. So that was a fun use of kind of that, that time in between time. Yeah, Do you think it's cool. helped you to like craft the flavors of siren better because of your like palate or that has nothing to do with the two? Um, I think I've always had like a pretty sensitive palette in terms of like picking out flavors and things. So um, I think that's lent well to both, you know, going through the sommelier training, but also as we think about flavors, I'm, I'm definitely picky in terms of, you know, there's like a, an off flavor or something stands out. I'm, I'm very sensitive to catching if, if anything is ever off. Yeah. I, de- I just made that move from a uh... New York to like the Palo Alto area. And I feel like every, everyone around me is like either newly, but like also historically, but like at this point is obsessed with golf and tennis and obsessed with wine. Cause it's just so accessible once you move yeah. up here. Yeah, totally. So for our last question, we asked this to all our guests, what it means to them to subscribe to wellness. So basically what we'd love to hear is like, how do you incorporate healthy habits in your everyday life? to ensure that you're, you know, continuing to live a healthy life while managing a a demanding business? Mm -hmm. I would say a big one for me, and this is some, a habit I started uh, during the pandemic is is a daily walk. I usually do it at five o'clock, like from five to six to, even though I'm not going into the office, just like going for a walk or a quick hike helps me to transition from working from home to, you know, going back to working from home again. Um, So I'd say, trying to get outside every day, um, even for, you know, just a half hour to walk or, um, exercise. The other one, I would say sleep. I'd say the first two years of siren didn't prioritize sleep, but more recently I've just noticed how important it is and how much of an impact it has on how I feel and show up every day. We love that sleep is so important. You know, we overlook it. Where can our listeners learn more about siren? Our website is sirensnacks.com on Instagram. Siren Snacks. We're kind of new to TikTok, but have a few videos on TikTok, Siren Snacks, just Siren Snacks across all the platforms. Love it. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, of course. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Elizabeth. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to order some Siren Snacks, use our 15% off custom promo code SUB2SIREN. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio.
We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness and we'll see you next time.